choice, not chance, determines your destiny. How you choose to respond in any given situation will allow you to have the path you want and the trajectory. Hey there, friends. Welcome to Happiness Squad. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you unlock your full potential by mastering the art and science of happiness. We bring on the best leading experts on these topics to help you unlock your true potential and live with more joy, health, love, and meaning in your life. Your host is no other than the star combo of Ashish Katari and Anil Ramjiani, who are both on a mission to provide you with an unfair advantage to be the masters of your experience and leaders in your industry. Get ready to be moved, challenged, and enlightened on this podcast. It may change your life. Thanks for being here and joining the squad. Hey friends, it's great to have you with Ashish and I and our next guest. Are you ready to love dog poop? Trust me, by the end of this episode, I'm sure you will, especially if you hear why from our next guest. I invite you to meet the beautiful human being, Barry Shore. He is known as the ambassador of joy. He's a mental wellness activist, a philanthropist, a multi-patent holder, but get this, He's actually a former quadriplegic who is now swimming around the world. You know, after a rare disease paralyzed Barry from the neck down, he created the Joy of Living community, the Keep Smiling movement. And in fact, his podcast, The Joy of Living, is in the top 2% of all podcasts and is heard globally. He's also written a book known as A Pocket Full of Acronyms. And when you go through this episode, I promise you, the number of acronyms we think about or talk about he will change your mind. It's such a powerful, moving, and in fact, get ready to hug us as we start the podcast. So hey, you know what? Let's just get started. I invite you to meet Barry, join Ashish and I as we welcome to the Happiness Squad, and rewire from fear together. Ashish, Barry, I am overwhelmed, overjoyed to be right now. How are you two doing? We're giving ourselves a hug. Hug. Hey, Barry, I want the acronym for hug. Yes, you got to share the acronym of hug with our listeners. Hug stands for heartfelt, unlimited giving. One, two, three. Yay. Yes. Amazing. Well, friends, hopefully you had a chance to join in and felt the energy of that virtual hug. I'm doing great, Anil. It's so lovely to be with you. And Barry, what an honor, what a joy to have you on our podcast. Friends, we were on a conversation for about 10, 15 minutes before the podcast. And I have to tell you, this is a real treat. You've got to stay till the end. I already feel it. One of many conversations that we're going to have with Barry on this podcast, but just delighted. And I know you will have your minds blown from this conversation. I totally agree. So Barry, you know, one of the questions that we love to ask our guests is what does happiness mean to them and how has maybe their definition of happiness changed from their younger years? And I know, I know you've told us about your age. We're not going to go there, but I'm sure it's changed, but we really want to hear about what your thoughts are on happiness. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved immortal beings and good looking people. Now, Ashish. 
And then, Neil, how can I make the categorical statement that all the tens of thousands of people that will be listening to this and sharing this are all good looking? Because by definition, when they tune into the happiness squad, it means they're always looking for and finding the good in life. That's the definition of a good looking person, always looking for and finding the good in life. And that goes directly to your question. Because when I live, I work, and I share with people, we talk about the three fundamentals of life. Three fundamentals are wonderful because they make people happier, healthier, and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? What are the three fundamentals? Number one, life. Your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, number two happens. Now, in this case, a good number two. You go mad. Now, mad is a wonderful acronym that stands for make a difference. You learn to lead a purpose-driven life, you make a difference in life. Yes. Third is to uncover the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. Simplest example. (laughs) Right now, our interaction is being carried all over the world. I mean, think about that. All over the world, touching billions of people on the planet. And if you ask anybody, how does that happen? Well, it's because of the internet. Well, if you ask anybody, what does WWW stand for? Invariably, it has to do with the internet. That's true, but factually, but in our world, Ashish, Anil, and Barry, and everybody tuning in, WWW stands for, Trumbull, Fanfare, what a wonderful world. And what a is a word, right? WWW, what a wonderful world. Yes. Think like that and speak like that and act like that. Guess what happens? You're in the happiness squad. Thank you for that. And I love that. And it's so in sync with our work here, right? Purpose. Happiness is about purpose, but not just have a purpose, but truly use that purpose to make a difference. And goes back to the conversation we were having just before. See the good. See the wonders that we are surrounded in. Because it's about noticing. Because when we notice all that we have in our lives, the bounties that we enjoy, how can we not keep smiling? Versus walk with all this heaviness, right? What we have to do, we already have so much. It's so beautiful. So I want to answer directly to your question, Neil, in terms of age. I love the discussion and the topic of age. I'm going to tell you, in my humble opinion, I've been working on this for decades. Everybody, everybody has four ages they live in all the time. Once it gets past the age of 25 chronologically, everybody lives in four ages. What are those four ages? One is your chronological age. In my case, I'm 74. Number two is your metabolic age. So Anil, he's a triathlete. Hello. (laughs) I swim two miles a day, six days a week. And there's a backstory to that because I used to be a quadriplegic. But we'll talk about that. So metabolically, I'm 46. I'm younger than both of them. And mental acuity is 28, because I work with a lot of people from 18 to 30, and I can hold my own and do things and share. But here's the key. My SOW is eight. Okay, Barry Shaw, what's an SOW, huh? Sense of wonder. I'm an eight-year-old, and here's where it gets most important for everybody listening. You want to keep it somewhere between six and nine. You don't want to get into double digits. Because by that time, the pressures come in. Yes. And below six, okay, you're still in formation. But between six, seven, eight, and nine, the world is open and you always are saying, what is that? How does that happen? What do I do? And asking and saying, I don't know, but I'd like to know. So remember, you have four ages. You're chronological, 
you're metabolic, you're mental, and you're SOW. So when you can keep the SOW at eight, it helps all the others. I love that. I've never heard about those four ages in, expressed in that way. And the fact that every one of them, right, other than the SOW, we can actually, you know, there's this notion of decline with age that we don't have to accept. Look, we can't do anything about chronological, that age every year passes. But that's just, you know, there's such a small time in even 100 years is so small. The big thing around that chronological age, though, is as we're living longer and longer, how do we actually lower our other three ages so we can enjoy the years that we have, right? Barry, I look at you at 74 and I can tell you there's so many 62-year-olds <laughs> who are like, don't, are not doing as much. They've kind of said, you know, I, I'm done. Now it's about my golden years or silver years, whatever you want to call it. But like metabolic, right? Through growth, through working, through strengthening, through cardio, we can lower our metabolic rate. Absolutely. This is so important what Ashish is mentioning right now, because I, I am a poster child for this. Yes. And I want to get into that story of, you know, how you overcame, right? Two big, two big uh, things in your life. And I, and I read it, so I want to hear about that. Think about mental age. People assume with age comes depression, with comes Alzheimer's, dementia, all of these kind of mental declines. We can reverse these. You can reverse this if you continuously keep learning. We stop learning and hence our brains start atrophying. Our brains don't need to. We don't sleep enough and hence our brains start to have issues. It doesn't need to be. And the age of wonder, oh my God. I love that one because how many of us, as we get older, stop asking questions, stop wondering. In fact, we feel if you ask a question, especially if you're a leader, you think, well, I need to know the answer, so I'm not going to ask the question. <laughs> it's the opposite, isn't it? <laughs> I want to compliment on that one, Ashish, because so I was on a coaching conversation a couple months ago and uh, a lot of stuff was on my mind. I was talking to my coach and he's like, Anil, let me just give you one piece of advice. I said, sure, go for it. He's like, my invitation to you is the next time you worry, just switch that worry to wonder. And I swear to both of you, anytime I start worrying, I go, hang on a second, wait, wait, wait. What's wonderful about this moment? What's wonderful about this opportunity? And I now share that with folks. So anytime I see someone worried, I'm like, hey, don't worry. You know, it's not don't worry, be happy, but don't worry. Turn that worry into wonder and see what's possible. What's that reframe do for you? So I actually love the SOW. It's better than what we normally know, Ashish, in our consulting days. So let me use this as a springboard for several things that you said. I just, I'm, I'm just so overjoyed that we're here together. Humbled and honored. Let me tell people, first of all, what does joy stand for? Remember, unlocking the power and the sequence of everyday words and terms is the third in the three of uh, the fundamentals of life. So joy is one of the great words of the world, and it stands for journey of you. Wow. Journey of you. That, that's wow. By the way, when people hear things, they say, wow. What is wow? Wow stands for words of wonder. Words of wisdom. Wow. You have joy. Yeah, wait a minute. Journey of me. Because this podcast, Happiness Squad, is a lot about Ashish, great guy that he is, or Neil, wonderful fellow, or Barry Shaw. Yeah, that guy. It's about you. 
It's about you becoming the best you because when you're the best you, you make the world a better place. Yes. The bridges of harmony and joy, happiness, peace, and love. So I want to mention, first of all, the word share. Share is a great acronym. It stands for spreading happiness and rejuvenating energy. That's what sharing does. When one shares with wow. another, you're spreading happiness, happiness squad, and rejuvenating energy, like you just said, Neil, so wonderfully. You make a shift from worry to wonder. And I'm going to just make a plug here. My latest book is titled Oh Shift. And I think you actually you might want to make a picture of this also. Wonderful, Neil. I don't know if you can do it while we're doing it, but because the cover is so amazing. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. It's happening. Yes. It's happening. It's happening. Yes. Done. I love it. Okay. Got it. Oh, shift. Got it. Oh, shift. <laughs> I've been working with people for more than 42 years. And I can tell you, 97.2% of the people I work with are coaching, I'm talking high-level people, they drop the F in shift and the other stuff happens. In other words, you got to got to keep your Fs in place and learn how to make that shift. And it's it's small, it's small. It's not oh my gosh, so much to do. It's a shift in perspective. So I want to give an interesting insight in perspective since you mentioned it, wonderful Ashish. The idea of retire. Have you heard the word retire? People talk about retire. I'm going to give you. We know that people think retiring is that silver years, golden years, gold, whatever they want to do. But it's retire means they're going down. They're not sense of wonder. Here's Barry Shaw's take on retire. Ready? You ever yes. heard of or seen the, the Indy 500 or Formula One racing, right? You know, they're going around. They come into the pit, and what happens? In less than 38 seconds, they change all four tires, and they go around again. That's retire. You get full new <laughs> mission, and you're back on the track, and you're yes. out moving and doing it. That's the way to retire. New Michelins, and you're out there doing it again. That's because joy is the journey of you. What are you about? You're about spreading happiness, rejuvenating energy, using your purpose, like you said, to make a difference in the world. When you can internalize, utilize, and leverage that, then what happens by definition? You're making a difference. And I'm going to make a plug now. We'll talk about it later. One of the things I want everybody to remember from this podcast is the following. We're going to learn how to love dog poop. So stay to the end. I'm not going to tell you about it now, but towards the end, we'll talk about how to learn to love dog poop. <laughs> oh my God. This is amazing. <laughs> so Barry, for people who are listening, right? I doubt there are not many people who've heard of you, but for those who might not have heard of you, share with us your journey through life. Barry, your two kind of, you know, wake up moments, if you will, or kind of moments where you really tuned in, dug in deep, that made you into who you are and what you are in the purpose living into, right? Which you talked about this mission. We shared this mission of a billion, but your mission is even more, it's about how do we help people give a billion dollars away without costing them anything? How does Barry Shore, an entrepreneur, somebody who did amazing work in gems, goes through life, you know, and a successful business person creates this movement, creates this movement around helping people give a billion dollars without costing them a penny? 
please share your life story because I think there is so much there for people to tune into. Well, I got to tell you something, Sheesh. When I just heard you articulating that, I'm leaning in right now. I want to hear it too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to interrupt myself to share something with you. Most of the people that are, no, all the people listening are hearing this as an audio. Am I correct? They're not. Yes. They're not seeing video. And I got to tell you something. The video should be released someday because it's so beautiful. I mean, I'm looking at a sheesh and a smiling face. He's in Boulder, Colorado. I'm looking at a Neil. He's in London. I'm in Henderson, Nevada. And the idea of geography doesn't exist anymore because that's the genius of the world. We all know it intellectually. I like people to internalize it because it's such a shift. Remember, keep that up in place. In perspective, that if you can't go to the internet and not feel, oh, dear Lord, I'm living in amazing times, then you're missing out on the genius of life. Life stands for living inspirationally for eternity. We're not here just for a speck of time. Living inspirationally for eternity. So that's everybody's life. I'd like to share with you three stops along the way of my journey. And I'm going to begin with one that happened when I was eight years old because it's so vivid for me. It's actually even more vivid right now because my dearest first cousin in the world just passed away a few days ago. His name also was Barry. And in the family, he was called Big Barry. I was called Little Barry because he's a year older than me. <laughs> but that was the something. So eight years old, I'm living in a place called Boston, Massachusetts. So those of you who are geographically challenged or you're listening from anywhere in the world, I mean, could be listening, you know, from Mumbai or from Hong Kong or from uh, Sao Paulo or even, um, you know, Boulder, Colorado. Uh, look it up, Boston, Massachusetts, if you don't know what it is. Boston, Massachusetts in New England. And I'm happy to say I was raised there and it was beautiful. Great place to visit. I don't want to live there. And I chose to leave at a certain age. But at eight, I was still living with my parents. I'm looking out the window. And in, it was in December, deep December. And it was dark out because it's the sun sets at around 426 in the p.m. and looking outside and it's snowing and it's raining and there's slush on the ground. That's a Boston, Massachusetts word. And it's, I mean, I'm just looking out there and I wanted to go outside and play. And I look outside and I say these words. I even hesitate to say these words now, but I have to do it for because of the story. I look outside and I say, what a horrible day. At that moment, <laughs> my most beloved auntie, Auntie Edie, isn't visiting, and she hears me, and she says, Bearshi, that was her nickname for me, Bearshi, what did you say? Are you Look outside, it's raining, it's snowing. Do you know what that means? That means that the earth is covered over, and it gets a blanket, because and remember how wonderful the spring is, and all the buzz and things, you go outside and play, and it's great. It only happens because we get rain, we have snow, and the sun is setting. It's such a wonderful day. And I got to tell you, I'm eight years old. And I look at Auntie, and I say, I had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> yes. I'm making a shift right then. But I got to tell you, over the intervening years, maybe up to, oh, maybe it took a decade. By the time I was 18, I was looking at the world always that way. What a beautiful day. As you said, Chief, before we, before we went on, hello, I'm alive. Hello. <laughs> that means you have an obligation to live life to the full. Not just, gee, it's nice 
you have an obligation because when you do it, guess what happens? Your energy flows out from you to the rest of the world and nothing, there is nothing in the world that can stop energy. So make it positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant. So that was my eight-year-old. It took me almost a decade, and I internalized, utilized, and leveraged it. Now I'm going to face fast forward to the age of 22. The age of 22, I had done a lot of things. <laughs> if you start reading about it, say, "Oh my gosh, this guy's crazy!" But yes, I was. I loved it. I'm a college dropout. I left college after the third year. So I said, "Man, it's, it's just not happening for me." But I didn't just stay home and do something. Remember, this is back in 1969. I mean, most people don't even know this. 1969, you weren't even alive. That's okay. I was. I was young, fancy-free. I loved to travel. I traveled all over New England, hitchhike. You could hitchhike in those days, and it was really just a wonderful way to meet people. So I hitchhiked all over. I wanted to travel. 16, what am I going to do? I dropped out of college. Well, I had two, $300. So I was able to get a flight from Boston to London, you hear this, Anil? On uh, uh, Sir Eddie Laker, the Freddie Laker's airline, for $200, food in London, one way, you could buy one way ticket in those days. And I had $100 in my pocket. They let me in. They didn't want to. They had me at the airport for hours. Anyway, I get to Amsterdam. Now, Amsterdam was the center of the world for people who were traveling. I mean, yeah. it was the place that's hard to describe in today's world. From all over the world, people came to Amsterdam. It was hippie kingdom. And I'm going to just fast forward. I was there for three years, and it changed a lot of my perspectives in the most positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant way. But here's what happened. We had to live. We lived on something called a crack house. doesn't matter. What well, we didn't have crack. I'm sorry. I just realized. It was called a crack house because it was structurally needed to be fixed. And the, the city had closed it down, so people like us were able to get in. Okay, it's a fun story. So I said to say, we needed to eat. So we came up with ideas. What do you do? You have people all over the world. We went to the flea markets in Amsterdam. They had these big old Belgian rods, and most of them were, you know, ripped up and had stains. And I, said, I was with smart people. We bought this stuff for pennies, went back, and we had some people capable, well, mostly women, actually, but some of the guys. And we cut out and we made, we made carpet bags. We made pillows because we sat on the floor. We we're hippies, right? Then we had a, a rug that was round, and we put a backing on and filled it up with foam rubber. And we had pillows. We had bags of pillows and had them. Well, and we sold them in Amsterdam. We made money so we could live in eat. Now I'm going to fast forward. I said, I was in Amsterdam for a couple of years. I said, okay, I'm going to go back to Boston. They wanted to clean up some things, maybe come back to Europe. So I flew to Boston, and I said, you know, I'm going to bring this idea back. And I got a crate, I mean, a huge crate. I invested all the money I had, plus from my friends. And we bought, oh, just, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of these things. I went back, I had a friend, and I asked her, would you be willing to do this? I'll tell you, pay you, create a little factory. We had six people, and we had a store called Fred. <laughs> it's a great story with it. We had a store, a store called Fred on a place called Newbury Street. Now, Newbury Street in Boston is the Rodeo Drive of Boston. And it was the hippest place around. We had 700 square feet. I lived in it as well. I mean, it, had, it was every dream of a young person doing whatever you want. They wrote me up in Boston Magazine. It was the, the time of boutiques. And we had people coming in, famous people, buying our stuff, pillows and coats and hats and, and great stuff. It was really, it was so fun. It was just so fun. And we were invited to go to a, um, a big show in New York. It was the boutique show. 
And of course, you have to pay for booth, but they gave us a big discount. They wanted us there because we were a poster child for things you could do, be smart. And so we're driving myself in one car and my friend who was the head of the factory in another car. She was driving another car. And she let me drive her car, which was a Volkswagen Beetle. Again, 19, what was this, 1970, 71. And uh, no seatbelts in those days. And just driving along from Boston to New York, we call it going down to New York because it's south. And you're driving at midnight and on Saturday night, going into New York City on the throughway. And hey, life happens. What happened? Somebody fell asleep at the wheel of their car, a huge Buick, and the car hurtled over the median. If you can imagine this, hurtled over the median at 60 miles an hour and hits my Volkswagen Beetle head on. Jesus. Oh, my God. No seatbelt. And as they told me later, by the way, obviously I live, you know, it's my uh, avatar is doing all this. Surprise ending to the story. No. Yeah. The story is amazing because I didn't ever see the car. They told me it was an accordion. Here's the amazing thing. I never lost consciousness. My right leg I saw was moving. It was swinging because the femur, which is the hardest bone in the body to break, broke in so many places. But just about a year prior Something called the Jaws of Life was created in America for uh, fire departments and police departments to extricate people from really serious accidents. I'm in a place called Westchester County, very upscale place outside New York City. They had the Jaws of Life. They extricate me. Again, femur broken, glass all over my face, and I didn't lose consciousness until they put me down on a gurney, and then, bing, gone. Okay. But they were able to operate on me. Again, great surgeons. had no idea what was going on somehow. And I wake up, I guess, a day later or so, and they put, again, just happened a year before, titanium plates in my right leg that were almost 20 inches long, eight, two of them, and bolts. Each bolt was about uh, two and a half inches, 10 of those on each plate, and they saved my leg. They told me, you might not walk again like you did, and they were picking glass out of my face for three days, but I don't even have a scar. Wow. And the amazing thing is through prayer, therapy, mostly yoga, hatha yoga, and love, huge amounts of love given to me, by the way, an interesting dilemma, because it taught me also that you need to be able to send out love as well as receive. So we have twin channels. We have twin channels in life. It's the giving and the receiving channel. And oftentimes for people, it's clogged. You want to unclog that, those flow of channels. So that you're able to give and receive. Like you did, Neil, where the person went from worry to wonder. It's giving and receiving. So I was overwhelmed with love, and I learned how to receive it, which was in itself a great part of my life. But it took three years of intense prayer, intense therapy, hours at a time. After yoga, I had great teachers that were beyond description, their love for me and what they did for me and the love that was given to me by my family and such because I couldn't move. (laughs) It was just protoplasm. But over the three years of doing all this, having two subsequent operations to remove the plates and the bolts, I'm telling you all, I walked. And I walked as well as I did before. I learned how to run again. I didn't have scars on my face. Did I thank the good Lord moment by moment, day by day? Yes. Yes. Was I a deep believer in the redemptive power of the relationship of what I call God? You can call it whatever you want. I, let, I define God as G-O-D, garden of delight. 
That's what God is. You're in a garden. Life is a delight. <laughs> Hi, friends. We hope you're enjoying the tips discussed in this episode. If you're on the career treadmill, seeking the next promotion, experiencing stress and anxiety, or reached the top of your career and wondering if the sacrifices to get there were worth it, Ashish and I have been there, and we're ready to support you. The Happiness Squad Rewire program is designed to integrate the nine hardwired for happiness practices into your day within five minutes. Form proven habits to experience more success, resilience, satisfaction, and creativity. You won't be alone in your journey. Check out the Rewire link in the show notes. Make happiness your competitive edge to achieve your goals. Now, back to the episode. Just a bit of reflection before we talk about your next, which was even a bigger moment. But think about this, friends. There's so many of us who are so busy running through life, building businesses, increasing our bank accounts, maybe finding in the rising bank accounts and the write-ups in newspapers, maybe we see that as a way to kind of tune in and tell ourselves that we are worthy because deep within, we don't feel worthy. Maybe we look for external recognition. We look for growing bank accounts. We look for who's with us. And only when we lose something, only when we have an accident, do we actually explore. You know, for Barry... You had an amazing life going, and that accident tuned you into a deeper period of praying, love, and therapy, which is movement, right? At the core of it, taking care of your body, taking care of your spirit, and taking care of your heart, opening your heart to give and receive. We don't need to go through an awakening moment to do that. We can do that right now. You can do that right now. This moment, you can tune to turn into those three things that had a big impact for Barry's life. It's had a big impact for me. I know till 43, I was climbing my first mountain. It was all about getting promoted, getting paid, getting recognized. You know, if clients, a meeting went well, I felt good. Meeting didn't go well. I was like, oh my God, they found out. They're never going to want me back. It was not about them. It was about me. And only as I tuned in, as I read as I meditated, as I started living into my purpose of helping a billion people live with more joy, health, love, and meaning, did it all happen? Luckily for me, it also didn't happen because of an accident. It came from a high degree of anxiety I was feeling. But it's an invitation, friends. Don't wait for a life's accident to turn to discover how to truly create joy from within and make a difference. But Barry, on to your next one, which was an even bigger blow. Ashish, yeah. if you don't mind, just, just on that. No, it was reflecting as well. There's, there's something, Ashish, you and I have spoken about, and I just want to share thoughts on the back of it. One is, it's about doing different, it's not about doing different things. It's about doing things we already do differently. And when you shared that with me, and just on the back of this chat, like, hey, folks, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? You open your eyes, right? You're able to see. You then are able to kind of reach around the bed, put your feet on the floor. You've got feet. You're able to stand up on your own volition. You're able to go to the bathroom on your own. Very, we're going to come to your story here in a moment because that was something when I read about you and learned about you. I was like, I, I truly now value being able to go to the bathroom on my own accord. And, you know, it's just something that when we all wake up, we know gratitude is a very simple and powerful practice. The invitation, folks, is it's something you can already do 
the moment you wake up. And if you do it consistently, I promise you, hand over heart, it will change the outlook you have on the rest of your day. And I just, hearing your story, Barry, and hearing your reflection, actually, you're right. We don't need to go through a life-threatening, changing event to actually feel that moment of awe. But yes, I would love Ashish back to you and back to Barry for that third story because this is something that, again, continues to blow my mind, Barry, when I think about you and I hear about you. Neil and Ashish, again, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank is a great acronym that stands for to harmonize and nurture kindness. Harmonize and nurture kindness. I'd like to, before we go to the next piece, mention a couple of things that were fundamental in my life that caused a shift. And one of them happened when I was very young. In fact, I was 12 years old. I remember exactly. I had the greatest job that any 12-year-old could ever have. I sold scorecards outside of Fenway Park. Now, I'm speaking inside baseball stuff. I just mentioned something. No, probably tens of thousands of people around the world might say, well, Barry, sure, you sound like an interesting guy, but you just spoke a different language. Fenway Park is one of the most famous baseball stadiums in the world. Uh, first of all, because it's still around. It was built just over 100 years ago. Now, I was not selling newspapers 100 years ago, but... I can tell you, well, I was 12 years old, so that's 60-plus years ago. Oh, my gosh, think about that. 60-plus years ago, I was able to sell scorecards outside of Fenway Park, make money by doing it, have a lot of fun, and I got to go into the park and see hundreds of baseball games over the course of the three years that I was there because, A, the guards loved me, and you're a kid and things like that. And in those days, the Red Sox didn't sell out every game. It was a different time in the Red Sox history. But I've learned an amazing thing that my father taught me about business. He said, how do you spell business, Barry? B-U-S-I-N-E-S-F, right. Now notice that the U comes before the I. Uh, Dad, what does that mean? He says, when you take care of the other people, you're selling scorecards, you're making things good for them, they're getting something of value from you, then you have a business. But you'll sell a lot of stuff. You'll make money as long as you make sure that you're serving you first, the other. Then the eye gets taken care of. Wow. Wow. That was amazing. And when it goes to something you mentioned, wonderful Ashish, it's the ability, yes, in therapy, which is physical yoga. I did a lot of Hatha yoga. I also learned about the eight levels of yoga. Most people only mm -hmm. Hatha yoga, but we are all, the three of us, and everybody listening, we're doing Raja yoga now. We're in the highest level. Highest level of yoga is Raja yoga, serving. What do you do with yes. it? In the therapy, I was able, I was not articulating it at the time, but I was able to do a what I call become a spiritual chiropractor. Mm. So everybody knows what a chiropractor is. You, you know, aching, the balls are out of shape, you're not in alignment. You go to a chiropractor, they go, ink, ink, <laughs> and it hurts, but you feel good, and now you're in alignment. So that's what we want to do as a spiritual chiropractor. We want our thoughts to be in good. We want our speech to be in good. We want our deeds to be good. Now we're spiritually aligned and good, and is, as you said, I call this the ultimate PMS, Ashish. Physical, mental, and spiritual alignment. When you do that, yeah, you don't need to have 
Gary Shore type of stuff in your life. You do that and you get that shift. Again, it's my new book, Oh, Shift, Keep the F in Place. And you shift your perspective and you'll be able to internalize, utilize, and leverage probably the six most important words you'll ever hear. And these are choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. How you choose to respond in any given situation will allow you to have the path you want and the trajectory. So Barry Sugar had, oh my gosh, an accident, my business is gone, and look at me, I can't move. Thank God I wasn't there. I was wow. in the place of, oh wow, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> Thank God I'm here. You're here. So Barry, you know, what I really want to hear about is that next experience that you had where you woke up one morning and you weren't able to use your limbs. And I know, Ashish, we've talked about this too. This is, it's something that changed your life, but it's the journey that you've been on since then that I think is something that's quite interesting as well that we'd love to talk more about too. But maybe just for our listeners who don't know you that well, what was that life-changing experience? Thank you, Anil. And Ashish, what a honored to be here and serve so many thousands of people around the world that are listening and feeling and hearing this. Imagine if you can, standing up in the morning, hale and hearty, able to leave tall buildings in a single bound, and that evening being in the hospital totally, completely paralyzed. And it was not from an automobile accident. It was not from a spinal injury. It was a rare disease, which I never heard of the day before, that took over my body and rendered me what's called a quadriplegia. Quadriplegia means you're paralyzed from your neck down. Nothing in my body moved. I could only communicate by blinking my eyes. I was 144 days in the hospital. I was two years in a hospital bed in my own home. I couldn't turn over by myself. Four years in a wheelchair. I had braces on both my legs from my hips to my ankles, and that was progress. Thank God today I'm able to be vertical and ambulatory with the help of a seven-foot walking wand made for me by a Zen master, by the way. So I'm a tripod, not a biped. I can't walk up a stair by myself. I can't walk up a curb by myself. And I've helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week. But you hear my voice. Positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. It's all because of one word. One word. And this word is smile. Smile? What's that? SMILE is a great acronym that stands for Seeing Miracles in Life Every Day. Seeing Miracles in Life Every Day. Anil, you mentioned about opening your eyes, moving and putting your feet over the side of the bed and standing up. I was in my bed, completely paralyzed at home for two years. Plus, I was after that as well. But for years, my meditation for two years was the following. I want to be able to sit up on my own and put my feet over the side of the bed. That was it. I wasn't thinking about running a marathon, triathlete, swimming. No idea. I my goal was to sit up and put my feet over the side of the bed. It took two years. But I did it. Wow. I was able to do it. And that was a wow. It still is a while because it's yes. a minutes to get up. In the morning when my eyes open, I say, thank you. I do. I say, thank you. I sing it. My wife says, please shut Okay. But I have <laughs> married 45 years, so she knows me. You know, it's not just now. But I'm, I am able to sit up with my feet over the side of the bed. Now, I can tell you, I can't just stand up on myself. I need help. I have things that 
I don't want to stand up, but I use my seven for walking on just to get the balance. Doesn't matter. I can be vertical, ambulatory. I can put my feet over the side. Wow. Now I'm just going to plant the seed and God willing, we'll do another session. We'll go deep into it. But through series of situations, I was able to do therapy this time in the water, aquatic therapy. So again, you know, everybody knows this intellectually. When you get in the water, you're actually 67% of your body weight is removed. So you can, yep. oh, but when you walk on the earth, especially somebody like myself, the fear of falling is there all the time. Now, for me, thank God over the years, because this was 19 years ago, I was 55 at the time. So it's less so, but do I still, I fall still, and it hurts. Hello? But I managed to work with certain things. My point is, in the water, you don't. So I was blessed by having a neighbor who was the greatest aquatic therapist in all of America. How do I know that? Because he told me so. I love working with people who understand their abilities. He didn't yes. just, oh, I do aquatic therapy. Okay, that's great. He came over and we talked. He saw me in the wheelchair outside. They were taking me out for a stroll or something. And he comes over and says, I heard what happened. I'll have you out of that chair in a year and walking. And I say, I love it. I'll listen to anybody who's positive like that. I say, how do you do Because I'm the greatest aquatic therapist in the world. He said the world. But I'm, I'm saying just America. <laughs> the point is, through that process, and it took years, getting me in the water, moving my limbs, things like that, I was able one day to put my arms over my head on my back and swim a backstroke. And that changed everything in my perspective. And again, I am positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. But this ability to be in the water, water is the essence of life. We know that because we're what, 69, 73% water. But to be in the water and to move in the water and have the feeling of the water come in and go out and feel like it's rebirth every single time. I can't even get into the pool that's near me right now. It's an amazingly beautiful aquatic center, except with the help of something called the Hoyer lift, because there's no staircase going because I can't go down the stairs. <laughs> I mean, I'm still paralyzed from the waist down, even though my upper body is remarkable because I work with it. And I have special flotation devices on my legs, and I use paddles because my fingers don't close. I use a snorkel, but I'm going to fast forward and we'll talk about it later, maybe next session. I now swim two miles a day. I do this six days a week. And thank God I've been doing it for years. I have at this moment over 9,356 miles because I record every single month. I'm doing it for years. I'm more than a third of the way around the world. And my goal is to swim around the world. <laughs> I am sure you've done it and you will do it in terms of that total distance. I just want you to know, as a triathlete, the swim is my weakest discipline. If I ever were in a lane next to you, please do not race me because I know you'll take me over without a doubt. And I would love that because I'd be like, okay, at least this guy swims more than I do. So I'll take that as a reason for why it's happening. But no, just that disposition. Again, I just friends, like when you hear that story and you hear where, where Barry is coming from and Barry, the way even like, it's not like swimming for you is easy. I'll tell you, hand over heart. I could go swimming tomorrow if I wanted to, but you know, I struggle to motivate, you know, I'm like, oh, do I, should I, should I not? I hand my haul. You just do it despite what you need to do in order to make it happen. And friends, like that's the beauty. Sometimes that motivation, you think you need it, just do it. You know, the more you think about it, the less you'll do, just jump in. And I promise you, once you're jumping in the water, you will love it, like you said. And 
And Barry, I just, I am now at the point where I need to hear the story about loving dog poop. Cause if I don't hear that story, right, that's been bugging me for the last 40 minutes. So I don't know about our listeners. So if you could please kindly share that story, I want to know why I should love dog poop. Okay. So let's just do this in 90 seconds because everybody must learn to love dog poop. Why? Again, I love dog poop. <laughs> Remember the three and fundamentals of life that make you happier, healthier, wealthier, and we guarantee it or your money back. You hear that? Is number one, your life has purpose. Number two, you uh, are mad. You make a difference in the world of life. And the third is to unlock the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. There's nothing more every day than dog poop, right? But I love learning. Learning to love dog poop. What does dog poop stand for? Dog poop stands for doing of good power of one person doing of good everybody loves to do good right we want to do it consciously and conscientiously power of one person if you knew the power that you really have you would never ever allow negative thoughts ever allow negative situations Never allow anything to disturb your positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant outlook on life. You will become a flower. Now, I'm going to make a big statement here. Most people have heard of Nelson Mandela. Most people have heard of Mother Teresa. Most people have heard of uh, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. These are names of powerful people. Guess what, Ashish, and guess what, Anil? Guess what, Barry? Most people, even those listening, and you're the best of the best, you don't realize that you have the same power as each one of those. You have the same power to make a difference in the world as Gandhi. Come on, Barry Shaw, what are you talking about? I'm just a regular guy. I know what it means to be a regular guy and to be touched by the Lord, to have purpose. That makes a difference in the world. It keeps flying. We'll talk about maybe the next time. Yes, but I love this, Barry, you know, and you remind me, I love dog poop. Doing of good, power of one person. I love it because it's so much, you know, it's in sync in what we fundamentally believe, but is also, I am a huge admirer of Jane Goodall. And it was at the heart of the Roots and Shoots movement that she created because what she saw was a loss of hope in young kids. And she wanted through that program to create identities that everyone matters. You can matter no matter how young, how old, how able, or as people say, disabled you are. It does not matter. You can do good. And if all the good that you can do is just give somebody a smile and your presence, that is for many people good enough. Because for somebody who is not seen, just your seeing them and giving your smile can be that. But we can all do good. Doing of good, power of the people. Barry, this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. We will record a second one shortly because I want our listeners to benefit from how you are helping give away a billion dollars without costing people anyone, your joy, the power of smile. We want to talk a little bit about the shift, the book that you are, the power of the SHIF right down there. 
And then T, the power of the shift. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for this amazing conversation, Barry. Before we leave, can we do two things? Can we do a yes. hug? Not just us, but all the thousands of people listening, and we'll give a blessing. You ready? Yes, let's do that. Let's tell everybody what hope stands for. Hope stands for helping others progress every day. Helping others progress every day. And you do it, as you said, Ashish and Anil, with a smile, with a, a recognition of the other, helping others progress every day. So hug stands for heartfelt, unlimited giving. So on the count of three, one, two, three. And our blessing from Ashish and Anil and Barry is go forth. Live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Barry. Lots of love. Big hugs, brother. We hope you enjoyed this episode on the Happiness Squad podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you listen to us on. If you enjoyed the tips discussed, looking to combat stress, burnout, we're seeking deeper fulfillment or navigating life transitions, then our Rewire program is designed for you. Rewire is your key to unlock your full potential to experience more success, resilience, satisfaction, and creativity. Make happiness your competitive edge. Check out the show notes and learn more about how you can benefit by rewiring away from fear. In between episodes, follow along on Instagram at myhappinessquad for tons of tips, insights, and short videos designed just for you. Until next time.